1: This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show. He may not be an ace fighter pilot, but he's a heck of a podcast host, Ryan Nelson. Justin,
0: I can't be the only person, after seeing that movie, who will say, Talk to me, Goose. In every (laughs) stressful situation, I'm just going to say it.
1: We will all be talking, asking Goose to talk to us. That is definitely true. After after watching Top Gun Maverick, uh, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about Top Gun Maverick. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to Patreon.com/slash The Main Attraction Podcast, and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty-dollar level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show, just like we are going to do now. Nate Stewart, A.K.A. Dirty Solomon's Baby, has joined us at the five dollar level, and we are very thankful to have him supporting the show. Uh, if you don't, if you are not know what the Dirty Solomon's Baby is, that is a a thing from another podcast that both Nate and I listen to. Uh, so that is, it's like I said, it, they give nicknames, and they're doing this weird anime thing, that, and he's kind of adopted the part of that as his nickname. So uh, but we're really happy to have Nate with you with us. Uh, let's see. Oh, if you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Leave us a five star rating. And if you have time, write us a review over there on Apple podcast. If you do write us a review, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right. So we are talking about Top Gun Maverick. It is in, it started this past Friday, May 27th. Before we start anything, I'm just curious if, you, if your experience was anything like mine, Ryan, were, were you the youngest ones in the audience for yours?
0: No, I went to some people that were younger than me but you're right it was uh it was a 40s to 60s crowd for sure, <laughs> for sure. I, had
1: some, I had some that were probably a lot older than that yeah was, uh, actually now
0: I you like, mentioned that there was a guy on a, uh, on a walker yeah
1: yeah I like I, like I was really surprised I, I knew that this was going to be a movie that was really going to you know like our age is probably like the 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 ones that remember it were probably the youngest ones that remember this movie right. at all. Uh, so I was a w- little wondering what the, the audience might be. And I was like, okay, well, I guess what well, we see, it. but here, look, here's the thing. This, this movie still is great regardless. Yes. Uh, and it's really interesting that they decided to make a movie that was probably going to appeal to people 40 plus. Uh, but I think it's going to pay off. I have not seen box office numbers for this, but oh, I'm it's sure.
0: huge. Uh, it was like 150 million over the whole weekend. It's Tom Cruise biggest opening.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 been a big it's been a big movie and it's been it's been really good. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about it. Before we get into specifics, tell me your opinion of the original Top Gun and give me your opinion about what you were expecting coming into this one.
0: All right, so I actually I remember enjoying the original Top Gun. I just remember it was like like action movie that I hadn't seen before. I, I right. just remember that, like it was loud, the planes are mm. cool. So I, we watched it, the original, it's on Paramount Plus on Friday. And my wife and I were both like, it's a little cheesier than I remember. <laughs> but uh, but the the action scenes are really good. You can see Tony Scott was on something. Just the mm. way, the colors, the tone, like everything looks so hot. Like the way he was, uh, he he just the way that he directs, uh, just... It, it, it changed action movies. Everyone started kind of adapting what he did, and right. then uh, I, I had forgot how good Anthony Edwards was as Goose. He is just mm. hilarious, just charisma, just off the screen. Young, I forgot when Tom Cruise was actually young at point, One point, so it's good to see him. Val Kilmer, just incredible. Some of the fight scenes were good because we had not seen anything, but like some of like when they show like the the mechanics, they just look so old. Like the like in the right in the carrier and in the plane, but uh, I, I was excited about this because I was like I don't I don't you know Tom Cruise like as we've talked about uh, he redid Mission Impossible to be closer to the Bourne movies he revamped right. it and so I knew he would do something similar to this but the buzz from this movie that people had been who had seen it like a month ago I I was fired up and this movie delivered I was I left it. I turn to the people next to me and say, this may be the greatest movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. uh, My original... Look, my opinion of the original film, I remember I was seven when it came out. I did not see it in theaters. Uh, My... I remember this is the last movie that my mom's parents actually saw in the theater. And mm. when it came out on v- VHS, they bought it. And on Saturday night, we were, we were staying with them for something and they ended up turning it on. And we watched it then. Uh, but this was, I was probably eight or nine at the time. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but <laughs> the only thing like, I remember enjoying it. I remember not knowing or caring anything about the story, but I loved, you know, watching the fighter pilots and all that type of stuff. And watching the jets. And that was my original thing. And I also remember my, my grandmother, who had the remote in her hand, she just changed the channel off the VCR channel right there at the at the after the, in the scene after uh, the volleyball scene, oh. <laughs> like, and she didn't like change it back. And I was like, what, "What are you doing, Grandma? What are you doing?" And she didn't change it back to like five minutes later, and, and we kept on watching it. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> that's that's the love scene that she didn't want her young yes, grandchildren yes. to see, but um. Uh, but I've watched a handful full of times other times and my opinion of it has never really changed. It's a good movie that I enjoyed, and I'll, but I remember thinking, you know, the story is, is like completely secondary. The, there's right. not a whole lot invested into the story of that film, and so coming into this film. I was thinking, whenever they first announced it, I was like, is this a really good idea? Because what else are you going to rely on except for nostalgia? Because I remember thinking, it had been probably 15 years, since, maybe even longer, since I had last seen it before uh, they announced it. And I was like, are you relying on anything besides nostalgia? Because I don't think the story is anything really to continue to tell. <laughs> And so I was a little concerned, but when the review started coming in, it's like, okay, well, it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. And it was incredible. It was just absolutely incredible. So Yeah,
0: and you're right, though. They announced this right when the Star Wars yes, <laughs> movies were mm-hmm. tanking. So you were yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, nostalgia, it, it works sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. And uh, we're well, going to talk quite a bit about nostalgia because yeah. this movie does rely a lot on nostalgia. But they do it in a way to tell a story, which is mm-hmm. a really good story. And a much better story, I think, than the first one. Way, uh, bu- way better. So, we'll, we'll let's go ahead and get into it real quick. So, uh, this movie, the the plot of the movie is very, it's a pretty straightforward plot. Uh, they do some things, I think, that are, are, I think they learned some things from the first one. The first one was, They they did both of these films with the, with the full approval and full, full like cooperation of the Department of Defense, but I think in the problem with the first one, that what they the mistake they made with it is they what am I trying to say here? They almost made it too much in cooperation with the Department of Defense. I don't think they intended on making a a film that the Navy could use as a recruiting tool, but yeah. that's what ended up happening. Like right. literally, what happened is the Navy on rec- like big recruiting events would show this movie, and it was almost too much of a of a working together with the department of defense because i think that was, worked against it they still use the department of defense in this one but it was just more we want to make sure we're getting realistic stuff here and i think that was the, that's the difference
0: yeah yeah you're right about that because like they said that like the amount of people who joined the navy after this movie was just gigantic
1: yeah, it was. And I don't think you're gonna get that with this one. I could be wrong, but I don't think you're gonna get you may get a little bit of an uptick. They may get a little bit of an uptick of of, of recruits through this this film, but I don't think it's gonna be quite as as significant. It's not nearly as jingoistic as the first one is. Yeah. Um but they do rely a lot on nostalgia. I mean, like the opening scene you get that you get the that opening thing that explains Top Gun. The only difference between that opening little uh, explanation of what Top Gun is. They add and women instead of just saying yeah, it's yeah. like the best fire pilot men. Uh, but they add men and women. That's the only difference. And then you get that opening scene on uh, an aircraft carrier. It could have been the exact same footage. I it don't was, remember.
0: I don't think it was, but it was the exact same songs. And, in mm-hmm. fact, when they did that, I, I turned to my wife and my friends and I fist popped, and I was like,
1: yes. And yeah. I knew it was
0: coming, and I still loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, because I mean, like as soon as I hear Danger Zone where they're, they're showing no. all those, all those, all that carrier footage, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm back into the, my 1980s mode. I'm good. We're going. And that's probably, one, like I said, I really think people who are in their 20s, maybe their 30s even, they may not enjoy this movie nearly as much just because you don't get those same vibes unless they've right. actually gone back and watched the movie. I don't think a lot of them have. So, uh, like I said, it does rely a lot on nostalgia, but it tells a good story regardless. Uh, but like I said and it's a very old school type of movie I mean like the gra- like when they put when they put a graphic up explaining a character or, or a location it's just plain white text there's no like f- fade in or fizzle in or anything like that it's just straight here's where you are It's old school movies I well know. it's
0: it's a straight homage to they're, they're thanking Tony Scott because yeah, he was are. the one who did this and, and you know this is a to him They were trying to keep the same tone and the way he did action movies.
1: Yeah, and they did a really good job of it too. Yeah, did uh, uh, did the original Top Gun have somebody come on like Tom Cruise did at the beginning? I don't remember.
0: What do you mean?
1: Like Tom Cruise came on and said, "You know, thank you for watching." Uh, did, no, uh,
0: I don't think so. That was that okay, was him. The he was yeah. he's trying to get people back to the
1: theater. Yeah, okay. I thought I didn't yeah. think so. I thought I was like yeah. I don't remember that in the first one. So, uh, but that was interesting that he had he had come on and and did yeah. that at the very beginning for the movie and started. Uh, but you know we get we see that Maverick hasn't changed. That's one of the things that they are working on in this movie is that Maverick is still very much the same guy that he was back in 1986 when this first when the movie first came out. He hasn't changed for the most part, uh, but you, but he kind of has. He understands a little bit better about you know what the stakes are and how important they are. But he still is a you know I'm going to do things my way. I'm still going to push the limits. I'm going to break rules when I think rules need to be broken. That's still very much a maverick thing. That's something they established in this first scene when they're test piloting this 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 plane of some sort. And they needed to go. He's supposed to schedule it to go at Mach nine on this day that we're seeing him, but they tell him, well, it didn't reach Mach 10. And they're like, well, okay, but we weren't supposed to yet. And he's like, well, let's just go do Mach 10 now. And that's what he does. He just goes out and says, yeah, they're closing our program down, but if I can get it to Mach 10, I can maybe save the program. I I may not have a job anymore, but the people who have been with me throughout the entire course of this program, they might, it just, it shows what Maverick is and that he is still very much that same guy.
0: Yeah, I really love that scene, especially, like you said, he's breaking the rules to, to help these younger people that he, he really cares about and make sure they still have a job. He knows he's probably done. He he knew that he's probably done with the Navy on that scene. Uh, and then also, man, just the Mach 10 scene was just crazy. Yeah. And just the action in this movie where they're in the in the pilot and just how they look like they're going with the G-Force. Uh, right. Just uh, unbelievable directing by... Uh, joseph kaczynski just yeah the perfect director for this movie
1: yeah he, he did a, he did a fantastic job of this i mean that just the scenes of seeing that plane move through the sky at mach 10 uh is just absolutely it's just beautiful and gorgeous mm-hmm. to watch uh and you know so but obviously maverick being maverick he gets to mach 10 he pushes it just a little bit harder and ends up destroying the plane he ejects and you know we get the scene where he he's back on the ground and he walks in that diner and he says where am i and the kid says earth oh
0: man that was so great
1: yeah i love, I love that scene so uh, just lots of really good stuff coming from uh from from tom cruise I mean, look, he's the star of this show. There's no yeah. question about that. I mean, this the show re- revolves around him, and he is in just about every scene, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he needs to be, because, like I said, he's the reason that this, sh- this movie gets made, and he's the reason why this movie is as good as it is, because his character is a charismatic, just love-to-watch-on-screen type of character, and he is... He is in his bag the entire time.
0: Yeah, and in fact, uh, I was going to mention like uh, it's really the the next scene where he gets sent back to Top Gun thanks to Iceman, uh, yes, who we who we find out is a like the the head of the Naval Aviation Department and yeah. always. And
1: he, he runs the Pacific Fleet, is, yeah. is, is what he is. And he
0: bails out, it appears he has bailed out uh, Maverick the last 30 years. But yes, it does. When, when Maverick is on his motorcycle, which is very similar to the first movie, and you see the plane, and he's smiling at the camera, right. and he's still trying to outrun. I just thought to myself, my God, I love Tom Cruise. How can you not <laughs> love this man? <laughs> when he, when he, just the smile on his face, and just it's just a perfect scene. And, and he, he's the one who could pull this off better than anyone
1: yeah i mean let's i'll just go ahead and talk, talk about a little bit of this all right so tom cruise he is great he is a great actor the, what the reason why we don't see him nearly as much as as we probably should have throughout the course of the last 20 years is just because of his personal beliefs and some of the things that he has said and a lot of it goes back to scientology so uh, yeah. look we'll go ahead and discuss and get it out of the get it out of the way real quick Look, there's a reason why he's not out there as much uh it's like i said the way the way he treated katie what's her name katie Holmes, katie Holmes. uh when they were dating uh there was a lot of controversy around that and this is the reason if you're wondering why you don't see tom cruise as much and you don't keep up with the industry stuff is uh like ryan and i do this is the reason why we don't see him that much he does his mission impossible movies uh he's got this but outside of that there's not a whole else a, a whole lot else that tom cruise does
0: yeah just just strict action movies that are some variation of this as well
1: yeah yeah so like i said i would love to see him in more but it's kind of one of these things he's he's made a tough bed for himself and it's just gonna be it's he's not as in demand as he once was uh but look he's still great as an actor he really is uh so like i said just if you put the personal stuff aside whether or not you agree with his stuff whether or not you think it's something that should keep him from getting jobs regardless he is a great actor, and he, he this type of stuff is just where he's at his best. So, um, all right, so I do want to mention real quick Ed Harris. He shows up briefly in this film, I wasn't expecting yeah. that, I didn't realize he was going to be in it. But he kind of plays this hard nosed admiral, uh, and you know, he, he's basically doing a great Ed Harris role. <laughs> yeah, he
0: was, he was, he was in the teaser trailer, and it was pretty much almost his whole scene. So, that was, yeah, it really was, <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: That was basically all he had. I was real surprised they yeah. brought him in for this. So, yeah, he, he did. He did great with the, what what he oh, has yeah. to do. So, all right. So we get uh, Tom Cruise heads back to. I'm sorry, not Tom Cruise. Maverick heads back to, heads back to uh, North Island where the Top Gun Academy is is located, and uh, we meet Penny for the first time. Now, I was like, Penny is not Kelly McGillis' character. That was Charlie in the original. So I was like, who is this? And then I read, apparently there was a brief mention of a penny at the beginning of the original film. And that's the character that they pulled from for this movie. And she yeah, is they, by Jennifer Connelly. Go ahead.
0: And they mention uh, they don't mention the name Penny. I think they mentioned the name Penny once, but they mention that he, he got in trouble for dating an ambassador's daughter a couple of times during really. Top Gun. Cause I, I caught that when I watched it on Friday. Cause I knew about that connection. So uh, <laughs> she, she is mentioned a couple of times in the movie.
1: Now, I will say this. Jennifer Connelly, look, I love the fact they want Jennifer Connelly for this because uh, yeah. Tom Cruise is 59. Jennifer Connelly is 51. Uh, look, because it would have been real easy, and this is what – it's a Hollywood thing that they do a lot is you get, like, some actor in their 50s or 60s, and you give them a girlfriend, like, in their 20s or 30s. Yeah. And I hate it when they do that, and they kind of have done that in the Mission Impossible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh hmm so, I hate it when they do that, but getting Jennifer Connelly, who is in the same age range as him, obviously, she's a little bit younger, being eight years younger, but still, she is a, a beautiful woman still. Uh, I mean, you can tell she's a little bit older, I mean, she's got some lines around her eyes and stuff, but she still looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so, it's a great, perfect casting for for this particular role to have a love interest in the same age range as, as Maverick and... Two still incredibly good-looking people at their their ages, and I think it just worked really well. Look, I love Jennifer Conley. I haven't seen her a whole lot recently, but it's great to see her in this role.
0: Yeah, she was she was so good, and like you said, it was a welcome surprise. And we need to see more of her.
1: Yeah, we really do. Like I said, I, I don't remember the last thing she was in before this, but I was I, it was great to see her in this one.
0: I actually saw her, uh, and I was going to bring it up. Only the Brave, which this director. Uh, directed about the firefighters that uh, Miles Teller is in. I think that was one of the last okay. things she was in.
1: Okay, okay. I, I have not seen that one. I haven't even heard of that one, so I'll have to go check that out. All right. So uh, we get the the scene that sets up basically their relationship, but it's also this is one of the this is another one of those nostalgic scenes where. You're setting up the relationship between Penny and Maverick, but uh, when they throw Maverick out the bar because he can't pay for the drinks that he's supposed to pay for because of the uh, of the thing about insulting the Navy or the lady or something like that, I don't remember exactly what that sign said. But when he can't pay for the drinks, they throw him they throw him overboard, and it sets up that nostalgic scene where where Rooster, who is played by Miles Teller, who is the son of uh, Goose from the first movie. When they are setting this up, they, they're just showing that they're doing that same scene that they got of, of them in the bar when they're all gathered around playing in the uh, singing in the bar. But also where specifically where Goose was playing uh, Great Balls of Fire and you had who I guess was Rooster, the, the young child sitting up on top of the piano. So they're calling back to all this and just the pain while he loves singing. The, just the pain of that. This is bringing Maverick. While all these people are having fun singing the song inside the bar, there's just the pain that it's bringing to Maverick because he's remembering this.
0: Yeah. What. What. A, what a great scene. And who knew Miles Teller and Anthony, a young Ed, Anthony Edwards look alike, because he know, really no, was uh, l- looking like Goose with the Hawaiian shirts and the, and the mustache.
1: Yeah. And and those aviator sunglasses. that yeah. he had Down on his nose. I mean, they did look. They did a really good job of making sure that they, those two looked as much alike as they possibly could. And they, and they, they do look quite a bit. I mean, they had very similar haircuts. Uh, if you look at what Anthony Edwards hair haircut yeah. was back in that movie and you look at his haircut, they're, they're very similar. So like I said, there's a, they did a really good job of making the two look a lot alike. And let's talk a little bit about miles teller. Uh, he's not had a ton of stuff out there. Uh, he's got, he's got, a, well, he's got a number of things, but he, he has a lot of flops as well as he does. Mrs. Uh, and I'm hoping that this will kind of make sure that his career stays on the right track. Uh, I mean, one of his biggest misses, that people thought that he might end up getting, becoming this breakout star back in, uh, I guess the, the second Fantastic the Fantastic Four reboot, he was cast as Reed Richards. It was a terrible casting choice to make him that. He never should have been cast as Reed Richards. But they cast him anyway, and that's one of the reasons why that that movie flopped so badly. Uh, and it kind of set his career back a little bit. I'm hoping this will kind of get his career back on track.
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. He was really good. Uh, it's kind of a weird guy that kind of yeah. rubs mm-hmm. some people the wrong way. I think that's hurt him as well, but he has it some. Uh, this director really likes him. In fact, he's in his next movie. So uh, it? I think yeah, it's called Spearhead. It's a Netflix movie with him and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, okay. It's an it's action. looks like a interesting action movie uh but uh or spiderhead not spearhead spiderhead so uh but it looks like he has a lot uh potentially coming so but i think this is gonna be huge and let's just be honest there is no reason we couldn't do a sequel to this movie
1: oh yeah yeah we could absolutely do another sequel to this and i will they do another one maybe they might uh like i said i'll be interested to see if they do because they need to do it quickly (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. yeah. If they don't, it's going to... I mean, we talked about this is already uh, the audience target for this or the, t- the audience that's going to be targeted on this movie is older. Uh, so you need to, to kind of make a decision pretty quickly. I'm hoping that there will be some younger people who might be interested in this and that might actually make be able to make a, a third one relatively soon uh but if they're going to do it they need to do it kind of quick so uh but uh, you know the scene where they, they end up throwing him out of the bar which leads to the next nostalgic scene where you have the for, uh, you have all the the students that are in the top gun academy now let me go ahead and say this i was having a little bit of a hard time because all these actors and actresses that are playing these young uh fighter pilots i thought they were all like in their 20s they're actually not they're all like in their early to mid 30s which makes more sense because i was like uh, i was trying to do the math on this i was like all right so so rooster as a child in the first one looks like he's about four or so yeah uh, and like this 36 years so this will make him around 40 and i was like that doesn't really seem to add up but miles Teller is actually 35 i didn't realize he was that old well you got to remember
0: too this was supposed to come out in 2019 2019 so that's three that's
1: three years right there yeah and
0: they never and they really never specify what year it is
1: they they don't they do not specify what year it is so yeah. you just know that it's it's quite a bit of time in the future uh, now one issue I will nitpick on this on this movie uh, when Tom Cruise is at the bar and all of the all of the uh, pilots are there they call him like. Uh, old timer and stuff yeah. like that there is no way you could look at Tom Cruise and think oh yeah he's a, he's an old timer yeah he's almost 60 but yeah. he probably looks younger than both you and I <laughs> yeah
0: but you know these are cocky and I love that scene where, where we in, get introduced to all of them at the bar and right. they're and it's it was very similar to the the another scene from Top Gun where they meet Iceman and. He's yeah. you know tell everybody he's the best person, so right. the best pilot. So yeah, right. but I, I I don't know, man. The, I think they're they're cocky, especially Hangman. He's cocky enough. He oh, yeah, call he call him old timer.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true. I guess he he probably could. So that, that actually kind of does make sense. But uh, but I'm glad you mentioned that because it's interesting when they are setting up these characters like they did in the first one in, in this bar scene. It's interesting because you know Rooster is supposed to be the the protagonist and. Uh, and hangman is supposed to be the antagonist so they're basically roosters taking on like the role that maverick had and i hangman is taking on the role that iceman had but in the original maverick was the break all the rules you know i do things my own way and iceman was the you're too dangerous uh you uh you know i play by the book that's the reason why iceman is an admiral in in the navy and and Maverick is not. So it's interesting that they reversed that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was surprising. what do you think?
0: I agree. But when you watch the movie now, the original and this one, you're like, you know, Iceman really wasn't the villain. <laughs> he was trying no. to get him to be safe the whole time. Yeah, he
1: was. I know, but they, that's, I think that's a problem with the first one is they yeah. don't, and then, like I said, if you go back and look at like the ratings and the reviews of the first one, look there's not as many because they weren't the, the internet didn't exist back in 1996. Yeah. But it is this is the first one was not a critically well received film. Uh, it's at 56 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think on IMDb it's like around six or something like that. what uh, it's, it's it was just a really fun popcorn film that yeah. people love the action. But like I said, it, the story was really really, really weak in that first one. Uh, so to get a really good story with this one is what makes this one stand out so much more. And like I said, you're you're right. I mean, Iceman was just trying to get him to actually, you know, come back home. (laughs) I didn't want him to die in the air or get somebody else killed as as well. So that's what uh, I was trying to do.
0: And I was going to mention Glenn Powell who plays Hangman. He is about to take off. He is the breakout of this movie. Uh, for sure, yeah. everyone's been talking about him. He actually it was down to him and Miles Teller for Goose, I mean for for Rooster, and they uh, he he lost the role, but then Tom Cruise convinced him to take the Hangman role, and they rewrote it for him. And it sounds like he got to improvise some of the lines. So this is Glenn Powell being Glenn Powell. And if you've ever seen Glenn Powell before, he is extremely funny. He was he's in a Netflix movie called Set It Up. That's a romantic comedy. It's very funny. And he was in Richard Linklater did a, uh, like a sequel, almost sequel to Days and Confused called Everybody Wants Some that takes place at right. junior college baseball. He's the star of that. So this guy's been waiting. He's been uh, almost about to take off, and this was the movie that's going to make it happen for him.
1: Yeah, Glenn Powell was really good in this. I mean, the entire, all these, all these younger actors and actresses, and look, like I said, they're all in their thirties for the most part. So it kind of goes back to something we've talked about in the past that, you know, a young actor now is trying to make their break in their thirties where they're trying to do it in their twenties back, back, and when we were growing up watching movies, but. He's really good, and I expect him to take off just because, I mean, he is, you know, he has those Hollywood good looks. I mean, right, he, right. he's got that going down for him. I mean, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a young Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, just,
0: I could see that, yeah.
1: So, uh, like I said, I, th- I expect him to take off a lot uh, after this film is done. So, uh, so like I said, we get the scene where, th- this sets up the scene where you, in the first one, you uh, Tom Cruise was like hitting on Charlie. Uh, Patrick was hitting on Charlie and at the bar, and then the next day, he realizes when they're introducing their instructor and she's walking down the aisle, and he's kind of embarrassed because he realized he was hitting on his instructor. They do the same thing with him because the the young pilots are the ones who throw him out of the bar. And as they're introducing him, Maverick, and as he's walking down the aisle, they're all like, "Oh crap! This is the guy we threw out of the bar last night." Uh, and they're kind of like, "Oh crap! This is going to be good." Yeah, so, and
0: I forgot Maverick said something like, "Good to see you again," or something. Yeah, something like that. I
1: don't remember what the exact line was, but it was something along those lines. Uh, but delivering a, in a Tom Cruise kind of way. I mean, just yeah, that's just yeah. what he. I mean, he, he was born to play this character. And he he was. does such a good job with it. Uh, but this is when we finally find out what the well actually they, do, they explain this with john ham john ham as a cyclone is kind of like the the tough no-nosed uh, ad, uh tough-nosed admiral who takes no nonsense from anybody he doesn't want maverick there he thinks he's it's it's a mistake to bring him in uh but he explains what the purpose of this is and they do a really they make it a Point not to say a country that is associated with this because they don't want this to be a yeah. colonialistic, imperialistic type of thing because that's the that's the kind of the criticism of the military nowadays. Uh, so they're doing taking great steps to avoid that. But this is obviously a country that is supporting this this uranium facility that is being made. Uh, but that's the point of this movie is they they have to train up a a, a crew of fighter pilots that can infiltrate this mountain uranium facility and destroy it and it's an basically an impossible mission is what they're setting up and so they need uh, iceman only trust uh maverick to be able to teach them how to do this because he thinks he's the only one capable of doing it so he goes so iceman steps in pull bails him out again and he's going to have him teach us even though cyclone doesn't want him to
0: yeah. And John Ham, really, really good role for him. Uh in mm-hmm. fact I listened to a podcast uh, interview with him where they he said his agent called him and said, Tom Cruise wants you to play the mean the mean uh instructor and in top gun and John Ham goes, I don't even need to read the script, I'm in <laughs> and his agent's like, Hold up, we don't know how much you're gonna get paid or how big the role <laughs> is. He's like, I don't care, I'm Doesn't in. Doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, and he and he's really good at this. I mean, he yes, he really, really is good at this. Uh, like I said, uh, John Hammond, he made his 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 legacy as uh, what's his name on Mad Men? What was his character's Don name? Don Draper. Don Draper. Thank you. Uh, that's what he, where he made his legacy, and he hasn't been as well. He hasn't been as starred in as much as I thought he would after that. But I love seeing him in this. He's great in in, yeah. in this role. So, uh, but they start training the pilots, and you know and it's. It becomes very clear that Maverick is going to humble these guys because yeah. they need to be humbled. They are, they all have a lot of egos, as you would expect with a fighter pilot. Uh, but no, no more so. None of them have an ego more so than than Hangman, obviously. Uh, but he's got to go out and humble them, and so he starts humbling them left and right. And as soon as they start the training, uh, look the fighter scene the fighter jet scenes are fantastic i mean they the first top gun was truly incredible it's, it was one of a kind until this movie comes along and it one upped it
0: right it really did the fighter stuff and i was going to point out uh one of our favorite from outer range lewis pullman yes as as bob he was <laughs> he was really good i loved uh his he has the best reactions of being scared what's going on in the in the fighter jets because right. like he's like turning around he's the i guess the rear person who's spotting And yeah. his face when he sees maverick he's like oh my god it's maverick where did he come from <laughs> so uh you know, I think another one, Lewis Pullman, about to break out, as we, yeah. as we talked about with Outer Rage. Uh, he is really good as Bob and, and a, a good comic fool. And I love how, you know, we, we saw Outer Rage. Lewis Pullman is a very attractive young man, but they give him a short haircut and put some glasses on him that, like, makes him now ugly and nerdy, which I, I yes. love that movies still do that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, they do, and they do a good job with that. Because I mean, I yeah. mean, he's still a good-looking guy in this. Yeah, play. yeah. I mean, they, they, they do. They, they want to play down his his good looks. So, yeah. They do a good job of it. And yeah. they do a real good job of it. So, um, but yeah, his character is good, and he works in you know the his, the person that he's working with, uh, Phoenix, I think is who it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, she's kind of taking back like you're my backseat guy. <laughs> like, yeah. And it, but uh, they end up being. Uh, like the, the second pilot in they've been to be the second jet in the, in the first, uh, the second blade, I guess, or what do what they called it? Second dagger. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were the second dagger to, 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 Maverick's first dagger in uh, once they end up making the final run to destroy this uranium facility. So, uh, yeah, and
0: I, I loved I loved her character too, and it was good to see a young woman in this role. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be like I know women that are in this to have you know a, a pilot of their own that they can cheer for. What, what what a great role! I'm glad they added this. They did a really yeah, my, good job of diversity in this movie.
1: They did, and my wife actually told me she said uh, she went to high school with a the first. Woman to ever graduate from Top Gun Academy, so uh, wow, uh, yeah. So she didn't tell me who it was, but she said uh she, she went to high, the She fit, saw that you know uh, it was a big deal in the papers and stuff back when when it actually happened. uh So, but she was the she went she she graduated with the first ever uh Top Gun female graduate. So uh they, they they do have females that make it to Top Gun these days, and it's just it's not as it's not as common as obviously as men are, but nevertheless they do have females that make it to Top Gun. So. Um, Anyway, uh, so, like I said, they're setting up the mission. They're setting up the fact that this is kind of an impossibility. Uh, and you start to have the tension between all of the recruits, not the recruits, the, the pilots as they, are, as they are going through all this training. Uh, Hangman is being, you know, just a jerk, as you can, would kind of expect yeah. him to be. Uh, he pushes a lot of buttons with, with, with Rooster. And, you know, one of the things I will – let's go ahead and talk about this real quick. One of the things I liked about what they did with Rooster and Maverick is when I saw the trailers, I thought they were going to put the tension between Maverick and Rooster. I thought they were going to do it because Rooster was blaming Maverick for his dad's death. And that's not yeah. the case. And right. I think he kind of uses that to push some – push Maverick's buttons a few times, but the, what's the, what's setting up the tension is the fact that Maverick pulls his papers from the Naval Academy so that he can't get into it, and it sets his career back as a result. And that's the reason why he's not he wasn't able to get his career started as quickly as he wanted to is because he couldn't go to the military academy. And the reason he did it was because his mom, before he passed away, he asked Maverick to make sure that he didn't go into and be a pilot, and this is the way that he could – try to keep him from doing so is by pulling his papers from from the naval academy and rooster resents him for it but you know a credit to maverick he says when he's asked about it by penny he says you know he's going to resent me his entire life there's no reason to have him resent me and his mom for his entire life so he never tells him that his mom is the one who asked him to do it
0: yeah, I really I really like that plot point that, like you said, that they mentioned that, that he was resenting him for that, not not his dad's death, because it looked like, actually, that Maverick had stayed in close contact with Rooster and his mom, right. uh, you know, since in the last 30 years, so I like that, that that change had happened, and yeah, the tension of them, you know, in a lot of movies, it would be just handled cheesy, and you would just right. get annoyed, annoyed by it, and... This one, they handle it so well, and I enjoyed yeah. every minute of it.
1: I, let me ask you this, because coming into this film, I kind of had a theory that they, what they would end up doing is Maverick would do something to sacrifice himself in the air to save Rooster. And I thought they were going down that road. It looked like
0: that road was going at, down.
1: At one point, I was like, oh, they're they're really doing it. Did you th- have any ideas or thoughts of that? about what might happen between those two.
0: No, I kinda thought like you, I could see, you know, Maverick, like you said, like uh do doing that, but I, I wasn't I wasn't for sure. But also I was like, I can't see Tom Cruise killing himself in a movie that could lead yeah, to true. more. So that was the other <laughs> thing, so
1: so yeah, but like I said, I, that's kind of a, was a working theory that I had. And when when his plane ends up going down, I was like, oh, they actually may do this, and it turns out they didn't. So I'm glad they didn't because it was I thought they – that would have been an obvious way to end this film, and yeah. I think they took a, a better route with it. So, um, but you know, so he's trying to get this team together, and they end up instead of having playing beach volleyball, they end up playing uh, a a two football game of football uh where they're playing offense and defense at the same time and john Hamm is asking him you know we've got like less than two weeks to get this to get this mission going they're not ready for it you know what are we doing out here and he says you asked me to build a team there's your team uh so we get a little bit of that that same vibe with the beach volleyball scene here on the beach uh football scene and it leads kind of to the love scene even though i will say this. I love the fact that they did. That they basically kind of skipped the love scene in this, and it's just the after. Uh, right, in, in right.
0: This. Yeah, and I, I, like, I really enjoyed the football scene. And I had read an interview with Glenn Powell that they knew the scene was coming, so everyone <laughs> is eating just like chicken and doing <laughs> and doing like working out. And Cruz would not tell them when, and so uh, they filmed it. And Cruz did not think it was good enough. And they had all gone out and partied the night. <laughs> that night drank a lot of beer and ate like tater tots. And then they had to do it again. They were all throwing up. And like they, they immediately started working out to get back in shape. <laughs> they were all upset. Because yeah. they they said that, like the amount of them doing curls like at, right before the scene was just crazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: because they, they, they all had to get their body Oh, and again. the body old. Yeah, oh, yeah the body, the body old. Old, yeah. Oh, And then I
0: heard yep. something else funny about the original movie. They said that Tony Scott was like... He he saw Rick Rossovich and uh, who played uh, Ice uh spotter and and uh, Val Killer's Ice Man and he his thing was like we've like these guys are ripped I got to get them shirtless and it, <laughs> and old up and some say we got to figure out so they figured out the the volleyball scene was just so he could get those two shirtless right. he knew they would look good on camera
1: yeah what's interesting about the original film is apparently like even in Quentin Tarantino uh, like a, Lampooned in one of his films, apparently. I don't, I don't remember know which one it is, but like the yeah. homoeroticism that is yes. in that first yeah. one uh, has become like a legend of of that yeah. movie, <laughs> and it's like it's lampooned. It was lampooned well, on Saturday Night Live at one point. Well, they're uh, playing in
0: jeans. Cruise has yeah. jeans on.
1: I know. <laughs> so, so like I said, just a uh, it was always kind of a, it was a weird thing back then. Uh, so, but nevertheless, uh, they do a really good job of, kind yeah. of calling back to that, even though it's not quite as not quite as to the same level as the original was, but yeah. uh, but we do need to talk about one thing. I don't remember if this came before the volleyball or after the the before the football or after the football, but tensions have built. Rooster is in a bad spot. He's he's in a bad mental space because of uh, he's not 100 percent certain if he's ready for this. He's getting that's being doubled down on him by by Hangman. He's really getting into his head about not being ready and all this type of stuff. Uh, and that's when the two almost end up fighting, uh, in one of their training sessions and Iceman sends a text to, to, uh, Maverick. And I, I love this to begin with is the fact that they are, these text conversations that they are having. And I was getting to think, I was like, all right, so we see the picture of Iceman. We see the picture of Al I was like, is this the only way that we're going to get him is through these text conversations. Yeah. And then the text says, I need, I need to see you. And that's when we, I'm like, okay, so we're actually going to get Val Kilburn this. And we do. And look, if we were doing a weekly award for this, this would be my Agatha all along of, uh,
0: of the
1: 100%. It was such a great scene. The it was. scene between him and Ice Man was just fantastic.
0: I'm getting chills thinking about it. I know I'm it, it was so good. And if you know Val Kilmer actually went through cancer, throat cancer, he, right. he can always speak with a with a hole that he has mm-hmm. to hold down uh so they used ai for his voice uh and uh you know he he's still not in good shape which is he there is a fantastic documentary about val kilmer on amazon i would highly recommend he he has a video camera through his whole life and there's a lot of footage of top gun uh on that that's really good but like uh man what a beautiful scene and i love the way it ended. With Val yes. Kilmer saying, "Who's the better pilot?" <laughs> the better
1: pilot. <laughs> and Maverick saying, "This is a great moment. Let's not ruin it." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That, like I said, I just, I mean, as as great as the fighter scenes are, the the, the fighter jet scenes are as great as the uh, all that stuff is. You know, the strategizing. Nothing beats that moment between Iceman and Maverick. I mean, it well, was uh, just.
0: Uh, uh, and then adding, you could tell, like, how much mentoring Iceman has been doing on this guy's life since then. Because, yeah. like, he's pointing at the stuff he's saying on the screen. Like, you've right. got to be the leader in that. So,
1: Yeah. I mean, just absolutely incredible. I mean, just to get him in and to figure out a way to allow Bill Kimmer to, to have a part, even if it's a small part. To just yeah. a, a way to allow him to be a part of this. Because, you know, it's, it's obvious at the end of the first movie that these two... Have put aside their differences; that they have come together, and they they see the value in one another. And you know, it's it makes sense the way that they do it. That Iceman, who is the straight guy, who is going to, who is a play by the book type of a character, that he's going to be the one that's going to have all the upward mobility, even though Maverick is probably the better is the better pilot and probably can right. do more, but because he doesn't play by the rules because he doesn't follow orders the way that he should it it limits his career he's still a captain he was a captain back in the first one he's still a captain in this one and that's what has limited his career he just doesn't follow orders like he's supposed to but yeah but to show that relationship and how these two are so very close and it's quite obvious that they're close uh is yeah just I, fantastic
0: and i was going to say i read couple of things that Tom Cruise like that was the one thing, is like we've got to get Val Kilmer in this movie somewhere and mm-hmm. figure out. And then they said that when Val, the day Val Kilmer was on the set, it was very emotional, like crew like him and Cruz are breaking down and it was, everybody was just in tears and, but they just loved it. It just, it just felt good.
1: Yeah, it, it did. And it, it was great on screen. It was absolutely fantastic on screen. I mean, uh just wonderful stuff. I mean, uh, look, you want to give, look, they've given best supporting actor, best supporting actor, Oscars for people with tiny little scenes. Give one to Val Kilmer for this. Seriously, so. seriously. So, um, all right, so uh, this, but the, shortly after this scene happens, uh, we learn that Iceman has passed away. Uh, and this is a problem for Maverick because Iceman has been his, his, his safety net. He's bailed him out on numerous occasions, and Cyclone is. Has basically decided at this point, all right, you're you're done. Uh, he tells them, and he, I will say this: as much as they want us to hate Cyclone, he makes a good point. And the fact that he tells them, you know, uh, Maverick is telling them, you know, We're, we have less than a week to get these guys ready, and they're not ready yet. And Cyclone tells him, the only thing you've accomplished so far in your time that you've been here is you convinced them that this can't be done. Uh, yeah, and so. Uh, and he goes and talks to Penny, and Penny tells him, you know, Penny, he's basically telling Penny, I'm done. Iceman's dead. I can't. There's, not, I have no other alternative. And Penny tells me, you know, there's, the, the Maverick I know wouldn't let that stop him. Uh, so the very next scene is uh, Cyclone telling the recruits, or not the recruits, the pilots, that he is taking over their training. Uh, they are changing the parameters to. It, originally, it was you had to get, have this done in two and a half minutes. They're saying four minutes. They're changing the uh maximum the the maximum flight uh elevation from 100 feet to 300 feet and they're like oh we're we're gonna die there's no way we can do it this is the only way because they the one thing they set up is the way that maverick has it laid out the plan that he has this is the only way these kids can come home alive is doing it this way and they i think they do a really good job of cementing that uh but they don't believe it can be done at this point so maverick being maverick (laughs) gets in a plane and he, he starts talking to Mission Control, and he's like, ah, let's just do it for 2.15. And he does it. So yeah. he does what he's supposed to. He demonstrates that he is supposed to be, that this is doable, but it puts Cyclone in a hard spot. What did you think about that scene when he gets, gets in the plane and demonstrates? I the, the
0: absolutely loved it. You know, when Cyclone is like, who is that in the plane? You knew exactly who it was. You knew who was in the plane. <laughs> and just the reactions of everyone. This is like... They know that Glenn Powell and Lewis Pullman have really good because they showed those two a lot. Because like Lewis Pullman was like he was smiling, he was like he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it, and like even Glenn Powell was like oh my god. And then they kept right. showing like uh, they showed Miles Taylor, like just all the pilots like their reaction and how excited they were that he pulled it off. Like you said that they figured out they can do it, and and John Hamm, <laughs> he also had the reaction of and he says it in the next scene now i've got to make you a part of this team he knew that it's like damn it i've got to add <laughs> i've got to add maverick and the whole yeah. time i i will say this is another thing this movie does because i was thinking man tom cruise may not end up on this mission and i was like okay i guess nice. i could buy that but of course he does because he's Tom <laughs> course, cruise yeah. at 60 but uh it's it was worth it you know and like i said the, this the next scene with uh with uh, with Tom Cruise and John Ham. And uh let me mention I thought he was really good. Charles Parnell as Warlock, the other admiral yes. mm-hmm. who was uh who likes it appears has a long history with, with uh with, with Maverick Maverick and likes Maverick. Like I, I really liked him because he was he was a good uh, uh support system for Maverick through the movie but like uh it was it was a really good scene. John Hamm really showing off on that scene.
1: Yeah I got the feel, I got the feeling from Warlock that he knew and understood that whether or not anybody liked Maverick in the Navy, whether anybody, any superiors of his actually liked him, he, I think he understood more so than anything. That doesn't matter at this point. We need to yeah. make sure that this mission is a success, and we need him to make sure, we need him for this mission. And there's, he's the only person that we can, oh, excuse me. He's the only person that we can count on and rely on to make sure that this mission gets done so obviously they put him on the mission and they start the mission out and you know it doesn't go perfectly all when as soon as they get started they send the tomahawk missiles to take out as many of the uh enemy planes as possible and then they realize there are two bandits in the air as well and this is going to cause a problem for them so uh but nevertheless when they climb that it's one thing when you see them doing the practice runs on, on this mission at the top gun base. But when you actually see them, you know, maneuvering and flying through this Canyon, flying through that bridge, this is when your adrenaline is just absolutely pumping.
0: Yeah. And I was going to mention quickly that, uh, they, you, the, it was a, another emotional scene where Maverick picks the team. He picks oh, yeah, Rooster yeah. over Hangman. And yeah. so you could see Hangman is very upset about this, but then he ends up telling Hang, uh, telling Rooster to make sure he comes back. And then Rooster has a scene with Maverick where they want to tell each other they're sorry and, and make up, and they're not allowed to because, of course, they run out of time.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, the the... As soon as you realize that Hangman is not going to be part of the team, you realize though he's still going to do something. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he does obviously, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. But yeah, like I said, when we're watching that, when we're watching them navigate that canyon, and you see Rooster is struggling. Uh, he yep. he he's, he needs to push it a little bit further, but that's so against his nature to to do that. But he he finally gets convinced to do it. He you know he does the talk to me, Dad thing. Yeah. And, and that's when he finally is convinced. All right, I, I need to push it, and he does.
0: Well, he hears uh, Maverick in his head saying, "Just, yeah. just be the pilot."
1: Right. It t- tells him, "Don't think," and all this type of yeah, stuff. Don't yeah, don't think. He yeah. Told him, yeah. he told him that before they got up there and stuff. You know, I don't want you to think, and that ends up coming back to to, yeah. to haunt him later. <laughs> but uh, but so they end up carrying out the mission. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Mavericks, Mavericks. He he and Phoenix are supposed to go in and hit the first missile, because the first missile is basically like supposed to break up the defenses of this, like basically make it where the the second missile can go in and actually destroy it. So they land theirs, uh, but the second one, the laser stopped working, and it requires Rooster to just take a blind shot, just do it manually, and he, he ends up nailing the shot. So two miracles, as they say throughout the course of the film. Uh, they get out, and then the dogfight starts. They have, to start, they have to start maneuvering around the sand missiles, the... Uh, the what does what sam stand for again uh i can't remember anyway it doesn't matter yeah. uh but they have to navigate the sam missiles they have to navigate the two uh uh bogey pilots that are in the air so great scenes from these fighter pilots i mean just very intense yeah just i mean i mean i was like tensing up throughout the course yeah. of, of this like okay what what are we doing here how are we doing this because immediately just being the movie guy i'm like all right so is anybody going to die in this? How well I are thought. Doing this?
0: I thought fanboy, mm-hmm. who was actually a really good character, Danny Ramirez. I was like, well, he's dead because he's the last one, and he's not right. the, the <laughs> other. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but uh,
1: they all make. They end up all yeah. making it. Yeah, but obviously, Tom Cruise's uh, pipe maverick ship ends up getting shot down because he. Because they have Rooster dead rights, and he ends up flying in front to take the shot. Uh, so his his ship goes down, uh, uh, his plane goes down, and everybody's telling all of them, "Come on in, come on in. We, we can't afford to lose anybody else. We got it. No, we're not sending a rescue mission. We're not doing anything like that." So they're telling everybody, to "Come on in." And obviously, Rooster doesn't have it. So he goes back, and as as Maverick is running away from his plane, he's getting chased down by this helicopter. Uh, we see uh, Rooster shoot him down, but he gets shot down in the process. Yeah. And so now they're both stuck on this wherever this is. It's in some. It looks like some. I don't know. I guess it kind of felt like Russia, but I, yeah. like, We we don't know where it is. Uh, but they're in this snowy place, and you know this is where they had that confrontation. Like, uh, like. He, he, they hug each other, and then like Maverick pushes him down. Yeah, that was and hilarious. Gets him and that's where he tells him. He said, "He says, What were you thinking?'" And Richard tells him, "You told me not to think." Yeah. He's like, oh well, crap. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? So, uh, but they they end up hatching this plan where they go and commandeer an F fourteen, which is the original plane from the first one. So this is an old plane.
0: How uh, great was that? When that was happening, I was like, "Oh man." And and I'm going to give them credit because we talked about this in the Batman, how it kept felt like there was 20 endings. This Uh felt the same, but in a good way. It kept climaxing, and like like, you didn't want it to end. But I just love when uh, when when you see what Tom when Maverick is thinking about doing, and and Rooster is like, no way, no, we're not doing that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was it was just absolutely fantastic. Like, are we really doing this? And then like they're running towards the plane. He's like, uh, "There's some guys over there." <laughs> yeah, there's that was so good. But yeah, so just great stuff between the two of them. I mean, you know, obviously they're giving us this great scene between Maverick and Maverick's son to help us remember what it was like for for Maverick and Goose when they yeah. were in the original. Uh, but they commandeer this this F-14. They make their escape in the two bogey planes. They they find them. And you know they're like saying he's like just smile and wave, smile and wave, and yeah. they, uh, and the other planes are like sending these signals, and you're like, what does that mean? I have no idea. I've never seen that before. <laughs> and then that's when the bogey planes realize that they're not friendly, so they start their intercept. Uh, and you know this is, a, and then all of a sudden, uh, Tom Cruise's or Maverick. I keep saying Tom Cruise. Maverick tells tells Rooster. He says, you know, it's time to eject. We got we got to get out. We can't, we can't. We we can't take them on their planes. They're fifth generation planes. We are in an F-14, and Rooster tells him he said if I wasn't here, you would challenge these guys. And he says, but you are here. And uh, but he still still decides to go ahead and and take them on. And because it's it's like Rooster tells him it's it's the pilot, not the plane. And Mavericks is the best there is. So uh, they end up taking down those two planes, and they think they're in the clear. And then they find there's another bogey in the air. And they—they're they, out of flares that use—they use to direct the missiles. They're out of—they're out of ammo in their guns. They're basically cooked at this point, and so they decide to eject. But the eject things doesn't work. And you know, it's this emotional scene. You don't know if they're going to get out of it. And Cruz apologizes to Brewster's mother. Uh, he says, "I'm sorry. I can't remember what her, his mother's name was." Um, Carol. Carol, thank you. Because he, this was what he was supposed to avoid. This is what he yeah. promised her that wouldn't happen. Uh, but as soon as the other plane gets locked, it gets destroyed, and we see Hangman. I mean, you know, just the uh, the whole, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your savior here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that so, was so great. So I mean, just Glenn Powell just doing a great job, great job in that moment. So
0: yeah, and I uh, love his. Uh, I am good
1: yeah i am good that's, that's what hell started with is like yeah, the, yeah. the bar was he said i am good uh yeah. so just a, a fantastic scene like i said it was you know very emotional very tense and you know they land the plane he has no he has no uh tail hook he has no front landing gear <laughs> maverick yeah. does yeah and so they have to like kind of crash land this plane into into the carrier
0: but he makes sure to do the flyby, like oh, yeah. from, they, the the flyby movie, from the first movie. Exactly. just the from the first movie. Just, to piss off John Hamm. <laughs> and
1: even John Hamm though kind of had a smile on so his face. Like, yeah, he yeah, did. Okay, that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love this is like in the first movie. I love a movie where there's the celebration at the end when when they've won because everybody gets out of the planes and they're hu- right. and like Maverick and Rooster hugging Rooster and uh, Hangman Man. Hangman's hu- it's, it's hugging every. Like I just love a good celebration where every one's going wild
1: which is a direct which is almost a direct recreation of the ending of the first one too so, yeah yeah uh so just you know really really good stuff uh, just a, a fantastic movie and like i said yeah i mean this movie relied a ton on nostalgia but they used the nostalgia to tell a, a really good story which the first one did not uh like so the first one was just all ooh, pretty ooh, yeah, fire pilots yeah. ooh, yum yeah. uh, but that this one like i said it was it was a well thought out story. It was a well put together movie. Uh, just, just absolutely incredible. Look, it's, it's just. I, I rarely come out of the movie theater as pleased and as excited as I was with this one.
0: Yeah, I think I text you is the most satisfying movie I've seen in a long time, maybe ever. Uh, yeah. No one went to the bathroom in in my movie. In fact, when because I, I mentioned that I was when we were walking, I was like, not one. You never saw one person get up. And then the line for the men's and women's bathroom is like long because <laughs> my movie was packed and it was just incredible. And then also we did get the another ending where uh, he has gone back. Maverick and Penny are together. Yes, mm-hmm. and we find out Rooster is with him now, so that that was good. And he has a picture of him and Rooster next to right. uh, to Maverick and Goose. So I, I yeah, love I, will, I love that ending.
1: Yeah, I will say these. You know, if uh, the way you make if you want somebody to if you want a woman to look good, have her in those jeans and next to a classic Porsche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, that that is how you make a woman look good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so well, I like, not yeah. not
0: not that she needs much help.
1: No, not that she does, but that, that was, that was, uh, that was an awesome look there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I've forgotten to bring that up, but just wonderful ending, wonderful movie all together. So, all right, so let's do our awards. Shall we?
0: yes yes
1: all right so at the end of a movie or at the end of a season of television (laughs) show here on the main attraction podcast we give out six awards and those awards are all based on the six characters from friends so we have the rachel the joey the chandler the phoebe the monica and the ross and let's start with the rachel the rachel is the star the person who shined above the rest and i think this is a pretty easy one for us but who is your rachel
0: it was, uh, John No, I'm just kidding. It's Tom Cruise. (laughs) There's no way he, he pulled it off. This, this could have been done, done poorly. And he still has it.
1: Yeah, he does. He, this is hundred percent Tom Cruise's maverick. I mean, he's the, what, what makes this movie go. So absolutely great performance by him. And just, and just an incredible movie in general but the, he's the reason why this movie works so all right next is the joey a character you just liked wasn't necessarily the star of the show but it was somebody you just enjoyed watching who is your joey
0: so this is uh, a co i went with jennifer connelly as penny i thought like we've talked about she was just so good and mm. i was happy every time i see her which usually is the case when i see her and then i, I went with glenn powell as Hangman, I thought this was, okay. this was a breakout for him. And uh, those two, uh, you know, time they were on the screen, it, it, it made the movie better.
1: Yeah, I went with Jennifer Connolly as Penny just because I thought she was, she was really good. And like I said, it was good to see her again in a role. I, I, love, I loved her in her, her earlier stuff and just loved seeing her back because I haven't seen her in a while. So it was nice to yeah. see her in this film. So, All right, next is the Chandler, which is the person who made you laugh the most. Who was your Chandler for Top Gun Maverick?
0: So I went with two people. I went with Lewis Pullman as Bob because okay. uh, I I, th- I thought he was funny. Yeah, and then also we, we didn't mention this. I thought Bashir Sal Holden as Hondo was really yes. good. Uh Maverick Sky. Yeah, the guy Maverick Sky from the beginning. And I was looking up at him. He is a. He's actually in a show. He's a writer. He was w- one of the head writers on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon oh, really? for a long time. He's okay. in a. He has a show on HBO Max that a comedy called Southside that actually has really good reviews. It's about uh, the, a, a group of people in, in Southside Chicago trying to get a business going. It's supposed to be really funny. But I, I thought he was he was really great as Hondo.
1: Yeah, I did too. That's, I, that's who I went with. Louis Pullman's a good one as well. Uh, I could have gone with him. But, uh, yeah, I went with uh, Hondo as well for this role just because he did make me laugh quite a bit when he was on screen. All right, next is, I lost my notes, crap. Uh, next is the Phoebe. The Phoebe was kind of difficult on this one. Yeah, Phoebe I mean, is, yeah. The, is the oddball, the one that maybe not the easiest to figure out. So, who did you go with your Phoebe?
0: I just went with Monica Barbaro as Phoenix uh, okay. because I really liked her and I wanted to put her on this somewhere.
1: I ended up going with Val Kilmer as Iceman because I wasn't really sure if they yeah. were actually going to get him in the film or not. I thought I wasn't sure if we were just going to get these text messages, if we were just going to get that picture of him in the Admiral Fleet. Uh, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't really sure how he was going to be in this movie. So that's the reason I ended up going with him. Like I said, I kind of had to reach good, on, good I, on the call. Good call. Uh, next is the Monica. The Monica is not necessarily your favorite character, not necessarily your star, but somebody who plays an important role. So who'd you go with your Monica?
0: I went with, uh, Miles Teller as Rooster here. I thought, you know, he, he hangs over the whole picture and his, his part of it. And, and he was really good.
1: Yeah. I went with Miles Teller as Rooster as well, because it's like you said, I mean, he is kind of the... He's kind of the focal He's the focal point for a lot of the tension in the film, and that's the reason I thought that his role was so vital and so important. And, and Miles Teller does a really good job of pulling off that character. So, uh, next is the Ross, the person you like the least. It could be because their performance is bad, or because they're just supposed to be liked the least. So, who is your Ross for Top Gun Maverick?
0: I went with uh, John Hamm as Cyclone here, he was it, he was I- a perfect bad guy.
1: Yeah, I went with him. And I also said you could go with Glenn Powell as Hangman. Yeah, Because yeah. Cause he he's he's a jerk, but he's supposed to be a jerk. So right. Uh, uh, the, they both do a good job in their roles. So, yep. All right. Finally, before we uh, sign off, we do a rating. Uh, So I think this is pretty clear where we're going to both go with this. But but just so you'll know, our rating system works this way. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. If it is the best of the best, one of the best things we've ever seen, we give it a Game of Thrones. Beneath it is a Lost. In the middle of the road is Friends. Beneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is Baywatch. So where is uh, Top Gun Maverick on our rating system for you?
0: I think it's obvious, but it's Game of Thrones. Uh, this I, I hate to be a prisoner in the moment, but at the time, and everyone I was with, like, this is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Maybe of all, I mean, one of the best ones I've seen all the time. The most satisfying. I would go to the theater and see this again. Uh, make sure everyone you know goes to the theater. Do not miss this movie. The word of mouth is going to be incredible. I think it could end up being the biggest movie, especially at the last movie we saw was Doctor Strange. That was a mm-hmm. little disappointing. This one yeah. blows it out of the water. I can't think of a movie, uh, you know, that I've had high expectations for, and this was just so much better than that. And uh, I mean, uh, there's probably some, but th- th- this is going. This may end up being my top ten. I mean, I may be a prisoner at the moment. I need, I need to watch it again. But I love this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I was When I came out of this film, it, There, I had the same type of feeling I had when some of my favorite movies of all time. I'm talking like Jurassic Park, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other movies that would have gone into that category. Uh, I can't think of any that off the top of my head, but there's more, obviously. But you know, when I came out of it, I was just... I, I was just as high of a kite as I could be coming out of of this film. It was absolutely fantastic. Look, I was expecting it to be good after I saw the reviews, but I wasn't expecting it to be this good. It, right. was, it was just that incredible of a movie and I can't wait to watch it again. I, I, I probably won't, I probably won't go see it again until it comes out on Paramount plus, but I will absolutely, as soon as it is available, I will have it queued up and ready to go yeah. uh, when it is because it is well, just that good. And
0: don't you think that it it goes because of the Star Wars movies weren't good, uh, yeah. and then like some, some of their stuff has not been as good. The the TV Boba Fett, and then some of the Marvel have missed. They they haven't been perfect. Like, don't you think this made this one even better?
1: Yeah, I think so because there's yeah. it's you know probably I'm like I'm trying to think what's the best way. You know, Marvel the only thing that really has just made me pumped after i've seen it since the pandemic end ended was um spider-man no uh yeah, yeah. no way home i had that right. kind of, same kind of feeling for it but yeah. that's really been about it um, right right so this one is definitely in that same it, it does make a difference because we haven't had a whole lot of just you know wow moments from movies recently and right. so you know it's good to get that because i mean movies need that they they, they need it need bad that with 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 the state of the movie making industry after the pandemic, it, they need moments like this. And this one I think is going to really pay off. Look, uh, the only issue it's going to have is getting younger people to go see it. Cause they don't have right. that same, that same attachment to the original that, that you and I have and that people, you know, yeah. a little bit older than us might have as well. So like I said, that's going to be the, that's going to probably be the biggest issue going forward with it. Uh, but look, it's just incredible. Like I said, it, if, if you're a young person and haven't seen the first one, I will say this, we haven't even talked about that, they give you enough throughout the course of the film that you don't have to see the first one. And my, right, right. I, I think you're fine not seeing the first one, to be perfectly honest with you. Look, it's a f- perfectly fine film and it's one of those movies that I would have always said, you know, I, I like that movie, but I'll never go back and watch that one when I have once this one becomes available on Paragon right. Plus because this one is just such a far superior film. Uh, yeah. And, and I was going to
0: say one, one more thing. Thank you, Tom Cruise, for not letting them. They wanted to put this on Paramount+. Plus. HBO tried to buy it. They wanted to put it on streaming. Thank you for keeping this to the theater. This needed to be seen in the theater. Thank you, Tom Cruise, for fighting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it needed to be in the theaters, and it, it got pushed back. Like I said, I don't really know why it got pushed back in June nineteenth. I think it was uh, there Friday. was
0: a, it. Well, it was it was released around too big. It was uh, one of the Marvel movies, and then Aladdin, something else. It was like the time period. They didn't they didn't feel good about it. The release okay. period for it.
1: I guess I can kind of see that because I mean. Endgame had come out in at the end of April in twenty nineteen, so it it, had to, it was supposed to come out in June. Then it, but you don't get the next Spider Man movie till July, so I guess they maybe it, it may have, it may have
0: been around the same time as Spider Man. Whatever it was around there, they, they didn't feel good
1: about the release time. Okay well, I guess that does kind of make sense, but uh but I'm like I said, I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that yeah. then the pandemic hit it and it was just yeah it just sat around forever. so but uh, I think
0: the pandemic made this even more enjoyable too, because you're like a lot of people this was one of their first movies back, like yeah, it was just it ended up being a perfect time to release this.
1: Yeah, it really did. So, uh, just really good stuff. So, loved this film. Absolutely loved it. So, all right, we've done our our predict our recommendations and our things we're looking forward to. So, I guess we'll just uh, remind people about what we're doing on our next week show. Uh, next week's show, we are going to be discussing the third episode of Obi Wan, and we will be doing the first three episodes of Stranger Things. We had said originally we we're going to do the first four. I watched the first three last night, and basically the third episode ends is it's basically the end of the first act. And I think it's a really good stopping point to discuss this, this show. So we'll, we'll stop at the first three episodes. If you've already seen the first four, then it's not that big of a deal because you saw the first three, uh, but, nevertheless, we'll, we'll get those. We'll, we'll cover those three. Uh, we'll just kind of go from there. After that, I'm on vacation and I don't really know how much time I'm going to have to watch stuff. So, we'll have to kind of do, play it by ear for the the following week. So, I don't really know exactly how we're going to do that. We'll probably end up doing hacks if I had to guess. Uh, yeah. We'll In of hacks. And we'll probably do, since it's just one episode, we'll probably do the fourth episode of, of Obi-Wan. But, like I said, we'll just kind of play that by ear, just depending on how much time I have to watch stuff. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I was, was going
0: gonna gonna... to mention something real quick, right. quick about involving the actors. Go watch the Val Kilmer doc- documentary. It's on Amazon yeah. Prime. Mm-hmm. It's called Val. It is heartbreaking. It's beautiful. The footage he has from all the movies he's been in. And he addresses the the rumors about him being horrible to work with and he is no problem talking about it it is it's a beautiful movie it's him and his children and like they're he they're helping him with it I, you will love it i would also recommend on netflix set it up starring uh glenn powell it's a romantic comedy it's really funny uh, lucy lou is in it as well and then the, like the last one i mentioned the director only the brave it is a uh, story about firemen that have to go fight a force fire and it does not turn out well uh it is uh got miles teller jennifer connelly josh brolin uh jeff bridges highly highly recommend it
1: okay uh, i think that sounds like a good plan as well so I'll, i do want to check out some of those i'll have to go back and look at some of them so all right anything else before we go just want to thank everybody for joining us and we'll talk to you next time I will echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.